Welcome to Get a Grip with Max Homa and Shane Bacon, a production of iHeartRadio. Sports fans, golf fans, or just fans, welcome to Get a Grip. And uh, it's the end of the year, and we've been putting together some of our best of episodes from the year. And uh, we wanted to throw together a best of tour winners. And of course, that seems strange considering most of the time this podcast was occupied by Mr. Max Homa. But we had other people involved in the podcast that went on to win. And then we pulled uh, one of our favorite interviews from the clubhouse days as well, a first-time victory there for U of A's own Nate Lashley. So it's just a a thrown-together piece of, of some of our our favorite conversations with players that pulled off victories from the season we have of course max after riviera and then joel damon if you remember uh, joel joined us on the podcast he filled in for max after the pga championship back in 2020 when joel had a great week and then of course we had joel on as our first ever guest when he pulled off his first victory at the Corrales punta cana back in march so it's max it's joel it's nate it's best of tour winners i think you'll enjoy watching a pal achieve his lifelong dream in real time fans max homa let's go let's go man this feels this borderline feels fake uh but even if it is fake i'm gonna write out whatever dream i'm in and just kind of enjoy it <laughs> uh max homa is your 2021 genesis invitational champion uh, a win in a playoff i texted you a little bit of this but i just wanted to read it off again because uh, you know, winning at Riviera is what legends do, bro. This is a legendary thing from legends. Uh, a list of winners uh, over the years at Riviera. Ben Hogan, Sam Snead, Byron Nelson, Lloyd Mangrum, baby. Hey! Arnold Palmer, Hale Irwin, Tom Watson, Johnny Miller, Fred Couples, Tom Kite, Charlie Sifford, Faldo, Ells, Mickelson, Scott, Dustin Johnson, and Max Homa. Uh, what, uh, what is going on? Like, just how are you? I, I don't know. Um, I promised uh, on this podcast like six months ago that I would never get drunk for one of these things again because I, <laughs> I tapped myself out, but I did not promise I'd never be hungover again. So <laughs> I am alive. Uh, I'm happy. Uh, I'm so stoked. I finally got in the same line of talking as lloyd mangrum the ice man or whatever i forget his i forget his nickname <laughs> that's, that's right that's right it's enormous honor after after all of the attention you've given him it feels good to be up there in the ranks you know we finally have something in common um but yeah no i feel good it was uh it was a whirlwind yesterday um i don't know it's one of those it, it like I don't, I don't i honestly don't know how to explain it I, i've been trying to think of the way to to talk about it on on this podcast for like nearly you know 20 hours now but it's weird people always say dream come true dream come true dream come true and it's true to an extent like i always wanted to win my first pj tour event at somewhere but it's not like i had a vision of winning it at quail hollow like i i I always just wanted to win one i've literally literally dreamed of winning golf tournaments at riviera like i know i know we've talked about it on this podcast from last year like not winning hurt, but it was fun to play well at Riviera. But like, it was kind of good because I got to feel that sensation of like kind of being near the top of the leaderboard at a place that I like, it actually kind of makes me well up a little bit. And then this year to be in that position to know I had the experience last year, it was just, it was weird. Like I just felt, 
I, I, sorry, I feel like incredibly like a different kind of happy. I, I don't really know how to explain it. It's the, I, I don't, I truly don't know if I won a master's, if I'd feel like this, like, I know it'd be a bigger accomplishment and I understand the the volume of that and like the, 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 the magnitude of that, but this golf tournament is why I play golf pretty much. And to have Tiger Woods there and like, I don't know, like, <laughs> What the heck, man? Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, I tweeted that thing out yesterday. It's like how it started, how it, how it's going. Like, you know, you I you send that the, you send the tweet out in 2013, and <laughs> I, I don't even know. This was back when Twitter was a lot of fun, and I don't even know if yesterday Twitter was fun. By the way, um, I, I'm not sure if if people totally understand. You know, the golf course, the tournament. I mean, I know we talked. They talked a lot about on the telecast as they should have. You going with your dad when you were a young kid and. I know uh, Daniel Rappaport asked the question about what your eight-year-old self would say. Uh, I, I thought they, I, I watched your press conference, by the way. I think it's the first time I've ever done that in my life on YouTube. Um, Je- Jeff Shackelford asked, I thought, a great question. I was texting with him, and he said he got it kind of from this podcast when you, you were talking about how, like, where would this rank? And, and you said in your press conference last night, you said 1A, 1B, 1C. And, and I think the point you're making here is, it, sure, the Masters and the U.S. Open and the Open Championship and all these things are huge major championships. But for you personally, this is the one you always wanted. Yeah, I mean, it's just a fact. I, I, I like. I understand that this is not the biggest golf tournament in the world. Like, I truly get that. But at the same time, it's like I've never dreamed of. I haven't dreamt of playing like or of winning a Super Bowl. I've never dreamt of winning an NBA championship because that's not how I was raised. Like, I, I, I never thought I'd be in the NBA. I never thought I'd be in the NFL. Like, those things never crossed my mind. But I have dreamt of winning. At Riviera, because since I was like, I, my dad and I were talking about it. I think I was two years old when he took me to the first tournament, which is so outrageous because I always get mad when parents take their kids who like just have no, you have no control over them. But my dad did that with me, you know, and he brought me to Riviera. I, I've been go. I think I went like 18 years in a row. I even remember flying home from school one year to go in college to go watch and I don't know. It's like every memory I've got. I, 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 I've watched Tiger once uh, lost in his only playoff to Billy Mayfair, but it got moved to Valencia Country Club. Like, what are the odds? And so I got to watch that in my backyard. And um, they moved the PGA that year to Riviera. My dad asked me. I was like six or seven. My dad asked me if I want to go to the PGA at Riviera, thinking, of course, I'm going to say yes. He got tickets somehow. I said, no, I'm good. Like, I'd rather whatever. Like being a dumb kid i've watched i've sat there when i think it was the biggest playoff in the history of uh the pj tour was there i think it was like eight people Allenby yep. might have won i remember him hitting a hybrid i've literally fallen asleep on the hill on 18 and woken up and my dad wasn't there and i had a serious panic attack of what i was gonna do like i've i i've not only like been there you know i have memories like i like the feel like i lived there for a while with the pj tour i've it's crazy and even even in a weirder way, like I didn't get to play it till I got to college. We played national championship there. And even then it was like sacred grounds. I remember the first time I broke par there, I was like, oh, you, you know, you got to earn under par here. Like I learned that pretty quick. Played great at national championship. And I've had these stretches of decent golf there. And I see the golf course so well, but I truly felt like I had some magic because I got two, I got one break yesterday that was straight up. I was like, yep, you know, it's my, which, which one of, was it? 11 i hit it oh, i was I gonna it. ask you about this it was it, I, I when that ball went through that tree it was joe didn't want me to hit the shot i wouldn't hit the shot i never even considered it going left or right i just thought i had to keep it low 
I pulled it. it. There's every right in the world for that ball to hit the tree and shoot straight back at my feet. And I'm making bogey. And it got through the tree. And I just thought to myself, I was like, this is my city. It's my golf course. I was like, this is just, I know when you win, Joe mentioned, like when you win, good things seem to happen at the right time. And that's what exactly what happened. And it just felt like that ball went through the tree. I'm like, yeah, of course, of course. Like it, it was an odd feeling, but it was like, of course it did. Like, this is, this is my week. This is my, I'm like, I'm the kid in the, from LA. Like, why would this not work out? It is an odd feeling. So um, I don't know. It's a, it, it, like I said, I, I can't, I can't overstate it. Like this, it would, it would be, it's borderline like being like, like winning an NBA championship, your last game, game seven in your backyard basketball hoop. Like, that's what it feels like. Like, where did you learn how to play basketball? Oh, I learned in my backyard. Okay. Well, at some point you're going to go win. And then also your favorite player ever is going to like, congratulate you right after in your backyard. Like, that's what it feels like. And I don't know. It's just, a, it, 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 I never thought I, I thought if I didn't cry after I won Wells Fargo, I'd never cried at a golf tournament. And I was a hundred percent embarrassed, but also kind of happy that it like happened yesterday because you know, yeah, I get it. I, I I lost my lost my cool card, lost lost the lost the tough stuff. But at the same time, it literally hit me, and it was fun to feel that because I don't know. To me, that means that it 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 is as as important as I make it out to be. Yeah, and and I think it, I'd like you to get into this because I I don't know if everybody understands that it's not just you. I mean, it's Joe as well. I mean, I think you said a little bit of that in the interview, but it's not just because this is huge for you. But it's you and a best friend of yours, a legit best friend, not a Max Homa best friend that he says about everybody. And <laughs> like, like he's he's there next to you the whole time. And I mean, it, I, I could only imagine. I, I texted him. I was texting him last night. He's just like, it just kept right, unbelievable. You know, he just he just couldn't believe it. But talk about Joe, like the importance of this event to Joe and winning in in LA as well. Yeah, it's such a good point. I mean. Joe was staying. We're, Joe was staying at home at his parents' house. You know, finally this year. Like because of the traffic situation in LA, uh, unfortunately due to COVID, but fortunately for traffic, like you can get places in like a reasonable amount of time. So he like he was staying at home, and uh, when we were leaving, like his dad drove down the stuff. Like that's how close that's how close we are, and and that's how close we grew up. And we've always talked about it, and like on a tangent, like we don't get too close to it, but we've always talked about how much the West Coast swing means to us how much, how fun it is to play. And they all feel like home events. Palm Springs feels like a home event. Obviously, Scottsdale feels like a home event. And then we have uh, Torrey feels like a home event. Pebble feels like a home event. LA is a home event. There's like the slight difference. It is It is an actual home event, especially when we have like a trap, like the traffic, like this is we actually see people. So it's just, we've always talked about it. He, he raised, like basically raised me to be a Dodger fan. My, my parents are not, Dodger fans. He basically got me into being a Dodger fan. Him, my buddy Johnny. He helped raise me as a golfer. Essentially, his favorite golfer is Tiger. My favorite golfer is Tiger. I don't know if we can. His Joe's favorite golf swing ever made is on video. He showed me on Tuesday. It's from the seventh tee at Riviera. Like it's he said, save this. It's from like eight years ago. So like the place means a lot to both of us, but the city of Los Angeles means a ton. I, I mean, you can't. You just can't imagine, I don't know, what two L.A. kids feel. We we sweated out like five, six years of the Dodgers, like almost right. 
and 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 I don't know. This year, I feel like we were talking about wanting to be a part of the Lakers and Dodgers thing. And I know it's corny, and now it's kind of a joke. But at the same time, I don't know. I, I felt I felt like he and I were on the same wavelength of let's do it for this city of Los Angeles. It's a weird year, you know. We've had a lot of crazy stuff happen. Obviously, I mean, shoot, we lost Kobe Bryant a year ago. We've just wanted to be a part of the LA stuff and, and Joe, especially being, like I said, someone who's like brought me up on being an LA kid. It was, it was, it was cool to enjoy that with him because you could feel, we just kept saying the same thing. He must've texted you, but we were just like, are you kidding me? Like, like what, <laughs> what did we just do? Like, how did we just do this? And at the same time, also not being like sh- that shot. I don't know. Cause the first thing he told me after, after, um, you know, Tony missed on uh, 14 in the playoff. I don't know what I said to him. I hit him pretty hard. And then he grabbed my neck and he said, I told everybody after Palm Springs, you're going to win at Riviera this year. And I'm like, how did you call that one? He goes, I just, <laughs> I knew it as that you're playing too good. We're not doing, we're not going to fail two times in a, in a row on the West coast. You're winning Riviera. So like I said, even for him, he's got that kind of magic uh, feeling from being in LA, but being at Riviera, especially. Dude, it was it's so weird. I, I had a similar feeling this week. I, I mean, I told you this. I, I think the first thing I sent you after uh, Tony missed, but like I didn't text you all week. I mean, yeah, I usually did. text yeah. you throughout the week. Like I send you stuff and we'll talk a little bit about golf or we're talking about NBA or something like that. I, did, I The only text I sent you was the golf tees that came out, the wash your hands golf <laughs> yeah. tees, which are already which are sold sick. out, by the way. And, uh, and, I, and I, that was the only thing I sent you. And it was funny, a couple times... I I'd like pulled my phone out to send something and I was like, you know what? I'm good. And it was just so weird. I had this feeling. I had this feeling all day. I had this feeling. You had this look on your face. Even last week when we talked the, the way you sounded and you know, you didn't get discouraged after Palm Springs. I even saw you got a question about that in, in, in the press conference last night. And you know, you said, you said it, what did you, I think you said something about, it was like a, a failure or something was the question. You yeah, said the guy threw if you me like a Chris Paul lob to Blake Griffin, basically <laughs> for a mental thing. He said, what did you learn from your failure in Palm Springs? And I said, you only fail if you don't learn from your mistakes. Right. <laughs> yeah. But you know, you didn't, you didn't get discouraged. And I got to be honest with you, you know, last year, kind of late in, in this season, you seem discouraged. You know, you seem yeah. frustrated with your golf game. Like you didn't seem like you were having a whole bunch of fun playing. And I think that was the big switch, right? Joe talked to you about the mental side. I know he talked to Lacey as well about, you know, just you working on the mental side of stuff because you work so hard on your golf swing all the time. You work so hard on the physical parts of golf, but you've got to focus on the mental side. And it, it was just, you know, you, the Palm Spring thing felt like a learning experience. You know, you go to the waste management and you even said on this podcast last week, you know, you go, I feel like I could have won waste management, even though I finished 40th because I hit the ball so good. And you go to Pebble and you're right there all day long uh, with a chance. You know, you kept having a chance and you got kind of a bad break and you you bounced right back. Even the double bogeys this year, Max, you know, you're making doubles <laughs> and you're literally making birdie every single hole right after. Uh, I saw a stat. I think you're the it was some crazy putting stat. You're the first person in the shot link era to one putt his first 11 holes in a tournament this week. You did that at Riv like. All of these things building up to this moment, yet you still have to endure more, right? It's so hard to win, dude. Like, I kept telling Cindy this last and yesterday. We're all watching, right? I just kept telling her it's so hard to freaking win. Nobody gives it to you. Nobody gives it to you. And I kept telling her the one freaking time this Tony Finau guy 
is going to do it is against our boy. And, uh, and you just, you, you're, you looked so positive the whole time and you just looked so comfortable even after 18, it was just, it looked from afar, like you kind of knew. Yeah. It kind of felt, I don't know. It felt like that. I, I, I truly have been since, since Mexico been playing like really good golf, even at home. If I would just go play with the boys, like, I felt very, very comfortable. All parts of my game, obviously everybody has moments where something feels out of line, but in general, like I've been feeling really good. So it was just kind of a matter of getting my brain linked up to my golf swing. I think, I think the hard part for someone like me, who's only one or who had only won one time before, who doesn't have just like, you know, bazillions of dollars who can just like rest on, okay, I'm just going to be patient. I'm just going to, take my time. I'm going to, you know, at some point it's going to happen. The hard part for someone like me is you want to take advantage of the weeks you play well in your head. And that's a negative, that's kind of a negative way to look at it because it's saying, I'm not going to do that next week. So waste management beat me up a little bit and it was hard. It was hard on my, uh, it was heavy on my heart because I, I, Brooks played great and I don't know if I would have beat him, but all I know is, is that I hit the ball well enough to be in the mix. And I put so bad for basically three and a half days that like I was, I got 42nd and it weighed on me. Cause I'm like, dude, like you can't play. I, I don't know if I could play a whole lot better than that tee to green. Like I, I had it, I had it, I hit a couple balls out of bounds. Sure. So I could have played a little better, but in general, couldn't have felt any better. So I go to pebble and my golf swing feels awful. All of a sudden my putting stroke feels great. And you, again, like I said, for someone in my position, I was like, come on, like this, it doesn't seem fair. And, and that's an interesting word because in golf, there is no fair, earn right. it, take it. Like there's no one's good. Like you said, winning's hard. No one's going to give you anything. You're going to have to beat somebody at some point. Someone's going to be playing well. So, but I felt bummed out and I feel like getting through last week and turning kind of a negative feeling on Tuesday, Wednesday into a positive week was huge because I showed up this week at Riviera I knew my swing was going to feel better. I was in like two less layers than I was in Pebble Beach and <laughs> all the all the you know gear. I uh, my coach Mark there, like I just knew I was going to hit it better. So I was like, if you can keep whatever we just did mentally at Pebble and put it in a box and use it in LA, we'll be fine. And and the comfort I've had for a while, feeling like I'm going to be fine, like my swing's in a good spot strokes in a good spot, my short game's in a good spot. Like just the comfort of that is interesting because you kind of just don't ever freak out. So I guess this week uh, I was lucky, but Fred Couples, uh, who I, I, you know, he's a Southern California dude or, for, or lives in Southern California. He's been texting me all week um, and, and even after last week, but especially this week, like after every round. And I, I don't know. I don't know why he's so cool, but he just was. And he was like, hey, he basically, the the main thing he said was, hey, um, to win a Riviera, it takes solid rounds or solid golf. And you're playing the most solid golf of anybody right now. And I, and it, it kind of resonated. I was like, I am playing very solid. I haven't won, but I, I think yesterday was like my 14th straight round at par better. So I was like, I'm playing good golf. Just keep playing good golf. What Fred said, they just say, just keep playing good. So I kind of turned my brain off to what the leader was doing and I kind of just played and I was like, my golf's really good. Someone's going to have to earn it to beat me. 
and you know i'm a three footer away from winning it outright you know and i guess that was that was the the feeling of the of, of the whole week was i knew my game was there it just had to show up kind of like by Thursday a little bit. And I knew my mental game was far superior, even finally to my game, because I wasn't tripping about anything. I just was ready. And, and when I say stuff like after, after the uh, Palm Springs that like, you know, I'll be back and, and I'll, and I'll be better. Like, I mean that, like I, I, I sit there and I think of what I could have done better. What, what I did really well too, though. Like I try to, I try to calculate all that. I go through, hey, like, was I too, like, I know we joke about it. Was I too serious? Was I too goofy? Was I too this? Was I too that? Like, try really, truly, like, vibe that and feel what I think. And at a point, I think I, I was, I don't think I was trying too hard, but I definitely think I was walking too fast and I was doing things too quickly. And today, I, I legitimately got a dream pairing. I thought I was going to be in the last group with Sam and Matt, which I was very excited about. Matt Fitzpatrick, I mean. And I was very excited about that because I wanted to see what the leaders do. And I don't, I get bumped by DJ didn't know the rule, whatever it worked out. And I see my next group is with Matt Jones and legitimately, you know, my partner at the Zurich, my like guy, you're, like you, your top Boots. two best friends, like, right on tour. Yeah. Like him and Joel and, and Hubbard are basically the three guys. I truly believe like I'd be good friends with outside of golf, but Taylor, like Taylor is my guy. I've known him since like, Oh, like freshman year of college. And I can't be more thankful of him throughout, throughout like all of Sunday, dude, like I was getting nervous. And I felt like anytime I started walking fast, I would lag back and be like, no, I'm going to talk to Taylor. And Taylor would just tell me stories or talk or like have fun walking up 17 and 18. He's telling me this long story. And it was so great because I'm walking up 18 <laughs> as, as nervous as I can be. And I'm waiting on the T for T to like finish his story and we're walking and I'm like for the first time ever, like the last person in line on the hill up to 18. And I text him after and say, I owe you. Like, I don't know if he did it actively. I bet he did. Cause he's just the best dude ever. But I was like, I owe you, man. Like that was so like, I don't know. Stars align, man. It was, it's, it's crazy. Um, I, 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 I don't know. Sorry guys. I feel like I'm just like dry, like, digressing this is the, the, the best part of the pod is, is, is the my rambling brain part. Is, is absolutely um spinning it so it's a weird i mean i i went toe-to-toe i felt like with the best player in the world yesterday uh on saturday and then the morning of sunday and i held my own and then to get to kind of have a walk in the park with like my boys matt jones and taylor gooch the next day or the, the in the afternoon i was like wow you know I was like, I felt like I earned a walk in the park because I just, you know, I played DJ at, at a place he loves. Same thing. I felt the same thing with Rory at Quill Hollow, two places they love. And, and they're obviously some of the best, maybe the best golfers of all time. And I was like, all right, I earned, I earned a leisurely walk with the fellas. <laughs> like, let me get out of this. <laughs> you know, Joe said it best. He goes, let Sam and Matt have to deal with Dustin. You did what you're supposed to do when you play with Dustin. And I was like, I really did. I beat him by one. I hung the hell in there. Let me let me take a breath because it's obviously a lot playing with the guy who's that that good. Um, and and you know it's weird when you play with your friends as as good at golf as they can as good at golf as they can be. You still feel kind of comfy. Like we all have something to talk about. It's not forced. Um, and it taught me a little bit. Like you know, slowing down is you know I've kind of I've kind of thought to myself for a while that I can 
I do think that I can be mentally like a little less talkative and be okay. But I do think that slowing down to walk with Taylor and to like, I don't know, get just take a moment. Yeah. Take a moment was important. So that's something I'm going to take with me going forward. I think the intensity is okay. I think, you know, if I wasn't with Taylor, I probably wouldn't have been chatting it up and that's okay because I, 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 you know, literally can't, like, I don't do that with people like that I'm not close with, but I think you can blend the two and, and, and like you said, kind of take a beat while also not needing to be like, Oh, hi, you know, what, you know, how, how are your kids? Like you can be in the moment, but I think for me, like I've always been a, like kind of try to push this idea away, but like, I think it's true, like slowing down and, and breathing and not feeling like the, even the walk is intense. Like, if the golf's gonna be intense, like let's take a moment and 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 be calm and easy going with it. And you know, I learned that today because of honestly, because of my group. I, I swear that that group, that pairing was like 70% of why I played so well. Because I just felt like I've been talking about being in flow my whole season so far. And I just felt like I was in flow. I was playing with the dudes and hitting golf shots and <laughs> hitting it, finding it, you know? Like it was a, it was it was an easy day. We're gonna take a quick break and be right back. From Max, we'll go to Joel, and uh, one of our favorite people in the world, one of our favorite professional athletes, and definitely one of our favorite golfers, and Joel Damon. I'm going to guess you'll hear more from Joel on this year' podcast in 2022, but for now, let's take it back to 2021, and Joel coming off his first PGA Tour win. He's the only man that's ever held a microphone on this podcast, and Max... He's our first guest ever. Joel Damon joins the show. Appreciate the time, Joel. Happy uh, to be with you guys again. Um, obviously, it's a momentous occasion in my career, so uh, maybe we can do this more often. That'd be neat. So uh, it's Tuesday evening, um, your time, about 5 o'clock in Texas. So I've got to ask first question. You get to pick how your body currently feels after a couple of days of celebration. A, you're at McCarran. For an early Sunday flight home, B, it's the last day of a member member at Mesa CC, C, it's the days after the Huskies take down Alabama to win a national championship, or D, just kind of how you always feel. You get to pick. Wow, that's quite the list. I hope all of those happen for me uh, sometime. I actually feel pretty good. I shut it off. I've been off for about 24 hours now. Um, I have a Gatorade. I've been having some waters today. Didn't make it to the golf course yet, um, but... I feel okay. Um, I would vote on all those, by the way, that the one leaving Mesa the next morning after a round of Mesa is easily (laughs) the worst I felt. (laughs) You could, it was after that, uh, after Joel invited me, I thought generously. Now I realize I was just somebody's like victim for the, for the Mesa member guests. That next morning was the happiest I've ever seen to see to hear rain coming down on my roof, knowing that I was not going to have to play golf with Joel again. Joel, congratulations, buddy. I got to say, I don't want to make it about myself, but that was, I was, I was so happy. I was over the moon. I can't imagine how you guys felt. That was a, that was an exciting, exciting tournament from beginning to end too, because I saw your name on Thursday up at the, uh, you know, near the top of the leaderboard. So I felt like it was, you know, obviously going to be a good week, uh, an exciting week to watch. So um, I don't know, man. Also, I was, it felt, it, I feel like we're all pretty good friends with, with some people out here, but then there's some that we're actually really good friends with, like maybe not just golf acquaintances. 
that was one that was one for for the good guys for me and i i had a blast i know that's not a question i don't interview often i just needed to say it uh well thank you uh, i guess now you know how i feel uh when you won the yeah, second not the one. first one the first one but the one riff. yeah <laughs> but that was gonna be my that was gonna be my first question was you know when are you gonna win a tournament that i'm there for <laughs> yeah well uh, we can't, we can't all win them, uh, with the best in the world yet. Uh, I think that's the next one up. I think you have to, what you have to learn to crawl before you walk and walk before you run. I think this is kind of my, my walking moment. Did you drink enough the last that uh, Sunday night to have to crawl? No, uh, sneaky, pretty behaved. I, I, there was kind of a moment where I could have turned it on like in the, and the level goes up a hair, but, uh, Lana had drank enough all day. Uh, that she was um, in fine form by about nine o'clock. So there wasn't, and Gina was, you know, he had an early flight out. So he was on the couch uh, somewhat early. So overall, we, it was a, it was a nice night, but it didn't reach the levels that it uh, maybe, I I always thought it might get to after W. I talked to Lana and she was drunk. (laughs) She she, she was not in good shape. (laughs) When she left the course. Yeah. So so Joel, the, the win more than I can really remember watching the celebration and just listening to you talk about, you know, Gino and your wife and, and everybody that is involved in your life in terms of competitive golf. It felt like we hear we a lot. It felt very much like a team victory for you guys. Can you just dive into how much this meant for your wife and for Gino and for your bubble to see you pull the, out the victory? Cause I know how much it meant for you professionally, but how much it meant for everybody involved. Yeah, I think, it, it was it was obviously huge. I I kind of used to make fun of people who use the whole team thing in golf because there's only one guy hitting the shot and uh, it's kind of all on you, no matter how good your team is around you. Uh, but man, these last couple of years, it really is kind of a village for me. Uh, I've my circle isn't very big, but I've surrounded myself with really special people who care about me. Um, you know, obviously they're all helping in my career, but it's more about uh, you know just making sure everything's kind of good across the board and then golf follows. So, uh, you know, for June and I growing up together, um, from, from, you know, we we're kind of teenagers of and best friends. Uh, he married, uh, my wife and I a couple of years ago. So he's been through it all the ups and downs. He sacrificed a lot. Uh, he's got two kids at home that he doesn't get to see as often. Um, and for Lana, I mean, she's been around for nine years, married for two. She worked two jobs to help pay, uh, the bills when I was on the mini tours um she sacrificed a lot um and so it's just it's just fun um that we all kind of you know we're all hoping for this moment we all thought it would come we all believed it but i think it's even more special after kind of the rough seven or eight weeks i've had to to start the calendar year that it would kind of come after um you know a a, a rough stretch golf definitely the roughest stretch i've had the last three or four years on tour um and like coach robert shell who's out of scottsdale who's been incredible um john rehorn in oregon state um he's he's been there since he recruited me to UW so just a lot of people that that have put in a lot of time and a lot of effort and they've always believed in me and uh, maybe even things weren't so great um or things weren't as as promising it's, it's easy to back somebody when they're playing well every year and it's kind of cruise control it's a lot harder to to stick by the guy when um you know maybe he's not putting in the time or effort that you think he should be or you know he's struggling a little bit so Definitely a we for me. There's a lot of validation there for a lot of people and um, just a really special moment for sure. Do you think uh, that your we uh, has like kind of believed in you even more than you believe in you? Not just recently, but just in general. 
Are you leading to something there? A little bit. Yeah. No, I, I mean, we've, we've had a couple chats about it, uh, especially since Riv, I know, um, slightly intoxicated Sunday night of your win at Riv when you got (laughs) back home, but it was one of those things about just believing in yourself. And, um, a lot of people for a long time have told me how good I am. Uh, and I'm probably didn't really believe it as much as I should or, um, and I honestly, I think it took this down kind of this last, um, I mean, Max certainly inspired me with his win, um, and turning it around, you know, cause he didn't have a great last summer fall per se. And he's kind of, you know, he worked really hard this off season and you're, you know, seeing the results early on here. So for me, it was just staying positive when, um, things weren't going great, which isn't, it's hard to do. Um, it's easy to be positive when you're playing well, but it's like, if you're playing bad and you have negative attitude, it's not going to work at all. So staying positive, Gino's always been positive. Um, you know, my wife still believed in me and it wasn't like I was on this, you know, like complete crazy, you know, it wasn't like I was about to lose my need to be, um, kind of stuck. And then I, I just, I had to believe in myself because, um, if you don't, you know, no one else will. So, it started kind of just with a belief in myself these last couple of weeks that every week it was going to be the one that turned it around. And I told people for a lot of people like, Oh, Joel told me this is a week that it turns around, but I've said that for five or six weeks now. So it's, <laughs> it was just a matter of time. I'm a huge fan of that process. <laughs> yeah. And it worked out that way. And I know that Gino number one believed in me long before anyone else did. And he always thought I was going to be a tour winner. And uh, that's kind of why I hopped on the bandwagon, not the bandwagon. He hopped on the bag so early and he's willing to make those sacrifices knowing that, um, you know, there was certainly a lot of good ahead of us. And I want to ask both of you guys this, Max as well, on the back end, if you could answer, but you guys both have similar stories with your guys on the bag. I mean, they're they're buddies before they're caddies, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. I think you guys both consider them best friends. When you're going through a run like you went through, Joel, I mean, I think you missed six to seven cuts uh, headed in, and obviously you're a guy, and I, I was listening to your press conference earlier today, and you're a guy that prides himself on how consistent you play and how many cuts you make, and, and that's kind of something your bread and butter as a, as a professional golfer is consistency. When you're going through that, how much does it help having someone not just on the bag knowing they've got to keep you guys up because they're it's part of their job, but keeping you up because they truly believe it because they're such good friends with you? Yeah, I mean, I know that, um, yeah, Gino, I mean, even when it wasn't going well, like, hey, stick with me here. Like, you try to find small little things even when I was missing the cut. I was like, hey, this improved a lot this week. Or, you know, uh, maybe I'm five out of the cut with three holes of play, no chance. He's like, hey, why don't you try to hit this golf shot so that, maybe next week when you do need it to make the cut or you need to hit it down the stretch, like that you can hit it. Like, let's not like, let's do something a little uncomfortable here to make sure it's fine. You know, kind of on the back end type thing. Um, and also just getting up enthusiastically. Like if I shot, I shot 78, the first round at Tory, no chance to make the cut. And he was there, uh, in not so great weather on Friday with a smile on his face and enthusiastic and ready to go. And, um, you know, it's easy to kind of mope around and just carry the heavy stuff and throw a couple numbers at you and just get through the day. But, um, yeah, even when it wasn't so great, he still showed up every day with a great attitude and, and made sure that um, I was along for the ride and, and that I stayed upbeat as well. Speaking of the support, I happen to be at Mesa um, without you for one of the few times, the yeah. two weeks prior to your win. And uh, obviously got to see a bunch of your buddies, uh, members out there. And uh, it was fun because obviously a main topic of discussion whenever I'm there is we talk about you and Harkins and all that. And we were talking about you and they said, yeah, you know, we just hope 
Joel can turn around a little bit. And we were talking about, I was like, oh yeah, I mean, well, it's just everybody goes through like, you know, as we talk about on this often, even Dustin goes through little stretches where it's not great. It just needs a turn. But to hear how positive they all were after I would say anything like that, oh no, we know, you know, he's Joel's amazing and, and he'll be just fine. How cool has it been to have all the support from them? I know you mentioned it in your uh, post post round uh, speech, but like how, how cool has it been to have, so, I mean, it's a lot of people there that like the biggest Joel Damon fans you could find. Yeah, I am lucky. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not at Whisper Rock. I'm not at Silverleaf. I'm not at Miraville. Not someone at the super exclusive private clubs per se, but I think I'm, I'm at Mesa because it kind of reminded me of my hometown. Uh, the head pro there is just a really fun guy to be around. Uh, treats everyone, you know, kind of the same. And I get treated just kind of as a, as a guy out there as well at Mesa. And it's, you play fast, drink beer, listen to music. It's just kind of a blue collar, fun golf course. And uh, those guys really have became some of my best friends. I've spent a lot of time out there with them, but they're all super supportive. Um, you know, it's one of those things like I know they sent me a couple of videos, actually, Mike Davidson and John Merwin, a couple of the uh, guys I'm real close with sent a video of, of me finishing on 18 and there's 50 plus people in the bar and they all got go crazy. So it's one of those things like you always want, you always want to be able to do that. You always want to like, Hey boys, open up the tab. I'm coming back next week type of thing. And it's, it's, uh, it's just really fun that that kind of moment came to happen. And then they were all there drinking a bunch of beer. I haven't actually figured out what that total is yet. And I don't think I want to know until uh, the end of the month, but um, it is, it's just a good group right. of guys. It's a, it's a large collection of kind of different backgrounds and different people, but um, they're all just a fun, you know, fun place to be. Uh, I think Max and Joe went out there the other time. So just, they kind of accept anybody and everybody as long as you play fast and have fun and uh, just a, a special golf course for sure. I mean, it's, it's not the best golf course in the Valley, but I think it has the best people. Can't stop me. I'm a champion. I'm a champion. When you made the putt uh, to win, it was like a three footer and you get up like and you two. give two footer. You give <laughs> it felt like 10 feet. <laughs> well, you give Campos the hug. Tell me the honest truth. You had to think that was Gino, right? Well, no. Okay. I knew that. I knew that you look right like there, you but... wanted Rafa to carry you off the green <laughs> when you jumped into his arms. <laughs> it was. I just like there was so much pressure and so much anxiety and like, oh my god! Like, can I please like relief to just finish this thing off? I'd been leading all day. I hadn't, you know, hadn't played great on the back nine. But I was just trying to get in the hole and. Uh, when the thing finally went in, like, so sh like hands are shaking so much. Like, I was like, just don't miss this damn thing. Like somehow get in the hole. And I, I, you want to do like the, the proper thing of like shake his hand, shake his caddy Eric's hand and like, and then go celebrate. But there was no chance. It was just like, I saw him. I was like, okay, do that. And then I was like, find Gino as fast as possible. Uh, what I didn't realize is that caddy had Gino had dropped the pin on Rafa and his caddy. <laughs> and then I don't know the, my putter, Scotty Cameron's on the ground and Gino and I step on my putter as well. So it's like, it's just a mess going on there for about 30 seconds of, cause you don't really remember anything really. It wasn't like, it was just kind of reactionary. And then I was like, kind of when Lana finally got done screaming and yelling, I'm like, Oh crap. I think I still need to go like shake Eric, the caddy's hand. I, I should probably get my stuff in order here, but it's just so chaotic. And, um, you know, I, I wish I, 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 in my head, it always is going to go way cooler and smoother than this, but <laughs> just kind of raw emotions. And, um, you know, it's been a long time coming. Well, that, that was one of my questions. I was going to, I was going to ask you 
talk to Gino yet to tell him that you're supposed to, you kind of mess with the caddy and hit him maybe with the pin after, before you win, not after. He's kind of rubbing it in at that point, trying to stab him in the eyeball. <laughs> I don't think he even realized what, uh, what he had did there. Um, I think he just saw it posted on Twitter actually today or that he replied. He's like, oh, I didn't even know it happened. So um, <laughs> it's one of those things. Yeah. You want to be like a good sport and you want to go over and do the nice thing. But I mean, at that point, it's just kind of all hell breaks loose and you pick up the loose ends later. Uh, we referenced your definitely not all the way to three feet uh, foot putt to win. Um, we talked about it a little bit already, but you could, you could, uh, you know, kind of make me feel better. Uh, I thought you rubbed it in uh, by making, it. I thought we could have been a band of brothers. You could have wanted to play off and, you know, it's kind of rude of you, but just explain in length how hard that is. Like I know it's two or three feet, but how, how weird is that feeling? Yeah, it's, I mean, to get it on the green where I did in two, like a very simple two putt, it was a little bit up the hill. It was downwind. It was going to play about flat and there wasn't much break. It was like, okay, like I, the people you can't really tell, but the amount, like the hands are visibly shaking. The putter head is not staying still. And there's only a couple times in your life where you can do that. And there's no, there's no practicing that there's no amount of three footers you can hit in your life that prepares you for that. Like it's not a technique thing anymore. It is like just somehow blackout for five seconds, hit this putt. <laughs> and at least your putt, well, and say in defense of you, Max, I do know that that green and 18 is rib is gnarly. It breaks a pile. It's way faster. Mine was dead straight, straight down. Significantly. It was almost <laughs> unmissable. I totally agree. Yeah. So, and I was winning, uh, you know, I was winning, uh, you know, opposite field event in, in Punta Cana and you were trying to win probably your biggest golf tournament. It's non-major. So in those defense, but <laughs> thank you for you making can't, me feel better. It was, it's like trying to, I don't know. It's like, shaking so much and trying to do something like you know like put tack something or put something a little tiny thing and i don't know it's hard to explain it's just impossible and when it like you're thinking just don't be an idiot just don't miss this but then you're thinking about well you have probably had a full minute maybe even longer to think about it so i'm trying not to think about it i'm trying to look at the waves i'm trying to do anything and uh, then it's finally there, and you don't even realize what happens. All of a sudden, you're like, okay, two practice strokes, okay, deep breath, okay, and all of a sudden, the ball's gone already, and you're like, uh, what just happened? Uh, so there's no... Right in the middle, though. It's dead I center, dead baby. Center. It was dead center, perfect speed. Um, it was one of those just... Yeah, it's not one you can practice. It doesn't matter how many three-footers you hit on a chalk line. It ain't preparing you for that. <laughs> I, I know you love to give Gino a lot of shit on social media and you guys have a good time. Um, I, I gotta say, I thought trying to decapitate him on the 71st hole was a unique approach to trying to win <laughs> your, your first event. Uh, did you know how close you got to him? And have you, did you kind of watch it a couple times? Yeah, I, it was one of he didn't even know that it happened, I guess, like, cause he was, I guess, kind of like, you know, jumped up or did something kind of with it. So he didn't even know it was close. I've never, you know, I think Billy Horschel might be the best at it. Like it's a full on toss, but he catches it all the time. It always seems he to land. He practices like, it more. He's got to practice it. <laughs> it. It it was obviously a natural reaction, but I I feel like I'm a better athlete. I feel like I could just kind of flip it in one spot uh, and not. I will blame the wind. It was blown twenty five. I'd say the wind uh -huh. caught it and went over that way. Uh -huh. um, yeah, I'm just glad it didn't hit him. Thankfully. You talked about how nervous you are on on obviously on eighteen on that putt, but the chip on seventeen is is pretty damn easy on a Tuesday and a lot harder when your hands are shaking on a Sunday. So I felt like that was just an unbelievable sign of where, where your game was at and 
I know maybe you would have you feel different than it looks out there to, to us where, where it just looked very, very basic. But man, that was a really good shot under the gun. Did you did you feel like you settled it or or just it's just one of those things where you, you were just obviously in a great spot technically and, and, and it didn't matter if you were a little nervous, it was just going to work. Yeah, I mean, you said it was a very simple shot. It is. It's into the wind. It's off perfect lie, slightly uphill. Like, there's not much to it. And I had chipped well all week. I've actually chipped really well kind of this whole year. Um, when you don't hit very many greens, you actually practice your chipping a lot. So uh, I've done that a lot the last two months. Um, and even 16, I hit a great chip there. It was a little bit tougher. Had to fly it a little more, a little more floppy. Um, this one was just kind of straightforward. And I thought, man, if you can somehow make this, maybe you get a two-shot lead in the last, and that's a lot better than one. But um, techniques helped a little bit over it, but it was just, and I was, I was really not physically nervous all day. I mean, I had a little butterflies in the stomach, but nothing. I was totally in control. I felt calm all day. And the first time physically hands started shake and I got like, oh no, was the tap in on that chip. So I kind of just walked up to tap it and get out of the way. And it was, it was only a foot, like it was unmissable. <laughs> and my putter head was shaking and I was like, oh boy. That was the first time all day. So, um, and then after that, it didn't get any easier. But um, the chip, I wasn't that nervous on, but the putt, I was, and it was a full-on tap-in. Is is that so weird for the both of you, Max as well? How, how weird is that feeling of the simplicity of golf under the gun when all of a sudden all of the things that you do without even thinking become monumental like how, how weird is that feeling both mentally and physically when again you've got a tap in or a two-footer that you would either be given most of the time you're playing especially if you're playing with us we're nice people but you know when you, it, that those things all of a sudden they they, they become you're thinking about stuff you've never thought about they say it gets easier the more time you're in that position and i've i've been around a couple times but i've never um i was I had a chance at Riv two years ago. I was had a putt on 17, about a 12-footer to tie the lead on 17. Um, and that, that was kind of the same thing. Like, But at 12 feet, like, you're not really supposed to make it. You're a little more freed up. Where it gets, like, close to the hole, and you're, like, supposed to make these things. And like you said, most of the time they're given. It's kind of like when you're playing against that, like, 7 or 8 handicap who, like, oh, he breaks 80 a lot. But if you don't give him any putts, all of a sudden he misses two or three short ones because he's not used to putting them. It was kind of one of those deals, like, or you'll you know have the guy at the member guest who's also you know he's in front of fifty or hundred people and it's just complete freakout mode. Um, it's kind of like that, I guess. Would be. Um, I hope it gets easier the more times I, I do this. I don't know. Was it easier for? I guess you had such a big lead at Wells, it didn't really matter that much. But I feel like um, I go through the weird ones when when it's like when it's when you're leading or when just any time you're in contention, you're really nervous. Uh, we're like, I'll, I'll be standing to the side waiting for my turn to putt. And I'll be like, Oh my God, did I mark my ball? Or did I just pick it up? <laughs> like your brain starts going in the weirdest place. Like, yeah, no, you marked it. Like you do this literally so much in your sleep that you start to forget that you like that you will do it just fine. Routine stuff. Uh, all, all kind of starts to feel to your question, Shane, it starts to feel kind of, it's almost like you're overthinking things that you really actually don't need to think about. Like you don't need to think about all these things, but you get so kind of anal, uh, which is weird because it's coming at a time where you're you're playing your best golf, you know, like Joel. Like yeah, playing you should your be actual control. best golf. Yeah, um, Shane or Joel, I uh, question because um, it's an interview. Uh, you're somebody, as we talked about earlier, that uh, you go through as anybody does confidence uh, in waves. I think that's not abnormal for anybody, pretty much anywhere in life, but especially in golf. There's going to be days where you feel like the best in the world and days where you feel like the worst. 
Um, but for like your long-term confidence, how do you think this win kind of, where, where do you think that takes you? Where do you, you're still going to have blips in the radar where it's not going to be great, but where do you think that'll be able to kind of settle you in, in the future? Yeah, I think the first thing is just like having the two-year exemption. Um, Hell yeah. I've never had that before. It's it's awesome. Like it was as well as I've played the last couple of years. I mean, I finished 38th last year on the FedEx Cup list and I showed up two weeks later. It's like, all right, do it again, buddy. You're back at zero. And it was like, yeah, it's bullshit. Like, can I get like a half a year or something? Can I get like a? I I feel like I should get two more months. Than just like Give me my two favorite months. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Oh wait, wait, so, wait! I have a bad idea. I have a good bad idea. I'm so sorry to cut you off, uh, Shane. For our podcast, we do good idea, bad idea, whatever. Mm-hmm. Good idea is if you do win an event, but you. Or, or sorry, if you do keep your car, but you don't have uh, like the two year exemption, you should get to pick four to six tournaments that you get to double boost your points for the next oh, season. Oh, wow. I like that. It's like NBA Jam, you know? Like <laughs> yeah, you get yeah, the yeah. spot. That's a great idea. I'm in on that. I'm in on that. Sorry, Joel. That's we're, a good one. We'll, we'll, we'll let you keep talking. But that's, that's a good that yeah. go back to Go back to your life and life-changing moment, yeah. Joel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's just that exemption. But with that, it's like I've – like it's – I, this is my 111th time before I won. And I was like, man, you kind of get to a point where the monkey's kind of on your back a little bit. And you're like, is this ever going to happen? I know it's going to happen. I believe it's going to happen. But is it going to happen? Because there's a lot of great players who've played a long time. Like, you think about Charles Howell. Like, I think he's only won like three or four times. Like, this is unbelievable. Or you get, you know, there's a lot of great players that have only won a couple times. So. I mean, Ricky Barnes, you know, I mean, his career yeah. has been unbelievable. Pull one an amateur. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a long stretch. And all of a sudden you, you have a hard time because now you're the guy without without the win, right? So to right, pick one exactly. up, it's huge. Yeah. Did you uh, did you win much uh, in like before the PJ Tour? Uh, not really. I mean, I won uh, twice in Canada in summer of fourteen, and I that was my last. I won a mini tour event like four or five years ago, um, and I'd won, oh, I'd, I'd won a couple gateways and some mini tours, got still open stuff, but nothing. You know, I, I never won on the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, but that was kind of some years without really, I was in the mix a couple of times, but it's a whole different thing to actually close the darn thing out and get a trophy. So it's, and there's nothing that can, you can, I mean, you can get close all you want, but it's a whole different ball game when you are legit, you're standing on the 18th tee with a one stroke lead. Well, I, I always try to explain and, and, and kind of like sh- show people or try to try to explain to people how in golf, um, like, and, and you could tell me if this kind of hit you at any point on Sunday, but you kind of forget how to win. Like, I'm not saying I've, I've won prolifically, but out of college, I had, I had won a couple pretty quickly and then, or pretty recently to when I turned pro. And then when I got to, um, when I won my first uh, web event, I felt like it was kind of like, it was very fresh in my mind of like, you know, the things I'm going to go through and kind of my process to, to go through that. And then it, then it was a while again before it happened. And I just feel like it kind of, it's so foreign that it's not just the nerves. It's like, it just doesn't happen in golf unless you're, you know, maybe one of in our whole era, like 10 people who have done it like somewhat consistently, I feel like you forget. So you're, you're now standing on the, the back nine on Sunday or even, even Saturday night going into Sunday. And, and it's more of a, a, it's, there's no muscle memory to it anymore. It just hasn't happened in so long. And it doesn't matter what tournament it is. It's just, it's hard to win anything in golf. So did you have to kind of like click yourself back into uh, maybe some old memories or did you feel like you were kind of already there to like win? Like you already had it in your head, how, how you were going to feel, how are you going to go about it and all those things? 
Yeah, it had been a while, but a couple of people, you texted me Saturday night and you're just like, go walk around the mire like you're the best player there. Act like you're the best player and, you know, like own it type of a thing. And that was huge. Um, that And then Will Strickler, a buddy of mine from Canada, when I won, he caddied for me uh, on the weekend when I won the second one. He's like, he's like, I walked around in Canada like I was like I own the place. And I ended up playing like that. And, you know, I, fin- oh, I didn't make a bogey in my last 63 holes for my second win up there. And it was just like no one had a chance on the weekend. It was just over. Um, so I knew that I could do it. And it's not so much of strategy stuff. It's just literally just believing in yourself that, you kind of have to fake it that you're just, this is my day. This is going to happen. But the, I mean, with back to your point, Max was, I think the young college kids are winning all the time. Now when they come out more Hovland Wolf, cause that's what that's, they just won in college. So like, what's the difference when they come on the web through the PJ tour, they just win. You just, it's easy. Um, and it, like you said, it doesn't change too much, but on the other side of that, like those top guys, Tiger started it and he's a joke, obviously. And even Phil, it's like, when you win that, they like normalize winning often, like a couple times a year, like Tiger did it like four or five times a year. Like that's just not possible. And so it's normalized like that. It's, Oh, JT just won the players. Like, good job. Like you just won again. Like that's, but it's well, he even talked about how hard it was for him at the players. There was fans are back for the first time. And it was a, you know, you could argue it's a major. So it's still really hard for everybody. And that was one thing for me. It was like, Justin's still freaking out on 16, 17, 18 players. Rory's freaking out trying to win. I, DJ, I assure you, is nervous inside. Uh, so everyone's feeling the same thing. So it's just a matter of, I mean, there's nothing you can control. You're not going to be able to control that stuff. You just kind of know that everyone else is feeling the same way you're feeling and just get it done. Joel, I, I saw a quote uh, you said, if, if anybody knows the journey you've gone through in life, um, obviously it makes a lot of sense. You said, I've seen life and death. Golf is not it as much as we can portray it that way. I think one of the reasons you two guys are so popular on social media and with golf fans is that, um, you know, you understand that golf is kind of what you do for a living, but it's not what defines you when you're going through what you went through this year, where, you know, you're not making cuts and you're missing, you know, cut after cut. And you're kind of wondering what happened last year. It was so, so much easier for me. Um, How much harder is it to kind of keep that mentality where it doesn't feel like it's bigger than it is? Yeah, it is. It is difficult, and it's. I kind of have to remind myself sometimes. I mean, I do have the in cancer bucket out with MD Anderson, is like, and sometimes I just have to look at it and be like, dude, there's way bigger fish to fry than this stupid nine holes you're going to play to try to make the cut or this golf tournament. And it, but at the same time, you don't want to bump it down the ladder so far that you don't have like the competitive edge or you do get kind of fired up or you do like, I'm competitive. I'm going to get pissed off. Like, it doesn't mean, it just means at the end of the day, like I can lay my head down on a pillow at night and be okay with who I am. I'm a, I think I'm a good human being. Uh, I'm surrounded by good people and um, it doesn't really matter in the end of things, but it matters. All, like you can't dumb it down so much that it doesn't matter. And you can't like numb yourself to the whole thing. Um, but it does help. I think that um, I can, I can be happy uh, without playing great golf. Um, they don't have to go hand in hand. You can be, still happy you can still walk around your smile you can still be nice to people while shooting 75 um you hope it doesn't last forever but um there's some people out here on tour who will shoot 65 and just be a jerk and be mopey and bitch about something and i'm glad i don't go through life that way that's for sure when you were on the in the mini tours and grinding um did you like did you picture this day and does it does it live up to it and then how quickly have your goals kind of changed 
from then to even a year ago to now sitting here now as a, as a winner on the PJ tour. Yeah. I think everyone always dreamed of winning, right? You have that 15 footer and you kind of walk with it. You do a tiger fist pump and you do it on the putting green all the time with buddies. But I don't know if I, I mean, to make it five years, I mean, last year was also my, or last week was my fifth year, my 15th event of my fifth year. So I got my pension locked up as well. That's last nice. So it was like double. <laughs> Let's it was go. Unbelievable. Let's yeah. Go. <laughs> so it was just kind of like a double, I don't know. But yeah, like, sure. Do you dream big? But I don't know if I ever really believed I was going to make it. Like there's some, I wasn't the all American. I believe I would have been an all American had I made it through, but I wasn't like this can't miss kid. I was always just kind of around and I was pretty good, but I wasn't, you know, no one ever was like, oh, looked at me on the range and like that guy right there, you know, he walks around. It's like, I've, um, yeah, I'm pretty good at golf, but no one's ever pegged me to be like this, you know, superstar winner per se. So, um, I don't know if my dreams ever got this big. I mean, obviously I've dreamed of winning majors and stuff like that, which would be great too. But, um, yeah, I guess I don't know if I ever really kind of made it this far in my dreams, to be honest. And it was one of those things, honestly, after I, it was a couple of years ago. I kind of had a flat spot as well. Uh, it was actually after I finished second to you, Max, like I had locked up my card. I was had plenty of money. I was cruising around. I was doing just fine, but I didn't have any other goals. I was like, okay, now what? Like my goal every year was just to keep my tour card. And I kept doing it earlier and earlier. So now like, what do I do? Obviously you want to win, but you have to do all these other things to win. It's not like you just wake up one day and win. So it was one of those things of like resetting goals um, making, you know, and telling my team around them what the goals are, um, and being a part of that and kind of holding myself accountable to those things a little bit more day by day, more of a process thing than just an end result. So I think if I just keep kind of doing what I'm doing, I'm on the right path, obviously, um, I'm working harder and smarter than I, I have. Um, and there are some goals out there for sure that I have, but, uh, tour championship is always one at the end of the year. I think it's a big deal. I want to get top 50 in the world. Um, you know, those two things kind of go hand in hand a little bit, but at the same time, I just want to continue getting a little bit better every single year since I turned pro. I've gotten better results wise and every part of my game has gotten a little bit better. So it's kind of cliche just to get better all the time, but that's kind of what I'm doing. And, um, you know, um, I guess my biggest goal that, uh, out there is I want to be a Ryder cupper in 20, whatever it is. I don't know how to do math, 2023, 2024. <laughs> so, uh, it's I just, you yeah, just gotta so add two to it. Goal. Just two to it. 2021 plus two. It just add how many houses you own. That's a real well, that could change. That's that could, that could easily change. Uh, do, you know who I kept getting messages about who you looked like when you went from bucket to cap? I kept getting Fred Couples messages. People kept saying, you kind of look like couples. That's a compliment right there, Joel Damon. I'm immediately yeah. aroused. <laughs> yeah, well, he is. he has a little more swagger. He's definitely better looking, but uh, it's weird. So Freddie's from Seattle area. Uh, you know, I've, I've kind of had comparisons. He was my favorite golfer growing up. I kind of have a layback kind of attitude. Same thing. I actually got to play with him, uh, two years ago in Napa for the first time I ever met him. And it was awesome. And he sent me a cool text last night and said, Hey, good job. You know, we're rooting for you. Um, but when I won state of high school in my freshman year, like the main article was how I looked like a young Freddie couples. And I kind of acted like one. And so, um, Kind of a big deal. I, don't know. I would have walked uh, around that in my pocket for a while. <laughs> you would have made like a shirt out of the article. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, Freddie's Freddie's my guy. I've always looked up to him. He's awesome. And um, I have kind of got that. I mean, maybe it's just a Northwest thing, but uh, I've had it a couple times more. It has not happened 
recently. Um, I think that I've maybe a little more frumpy and uh, <laughs> swagger's not quite there, but anything anything with Freddie's cool with me. Yeah, he kind of makes it hard on the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Max, uh, I always ask, I always love asking this question. I, I think I asked you this question when we did a podcast after you won Wells Fargo. Uh, but Joel, what has been the coolest thing that's happened since the win that you had no idea would happen and nobody told you would happen besides doing this, besides doing this podcast? Yeah, clearly this. Um, I don't, I, I think it's the overall, I guess I always know that Gino and I were well liked on tour. I mean, you know, people are nice to us. We're nice to everybody. We kind of get along with everybody. But the outpouring of the totality of everything, I think, has just been really cool. And I think it's even surprised kind of Lana a little bit, too. It's like, I mean, to have, like, Justin Thomas tweet me or, you know, like, foul. Like, some of these top guys are being like, oh, man, this is awesome. Way to go. This is really cool. Um, you know, Freddie texted me. I had some, some uh, you know, uh, other baseball players or other athletes are like, Hey, this is awesome. You know, or the, the reaction, the natural reaction that me, Gino and Lana had on 18, a lot of people are reacting to that, I think, and just the raw emotion. And, um, you know, maybe I've downplayed how much I wanted to win at times. There's a quote out there that said, I didn't care if I won, if I made a million and a half every year, well, I mean, maybe that wasn't quite as true as I wanted it to be back then. So just, I think just the outpouring of, of everybody and, um, the totality of it all um, and how much, um, I mean, it's, it, it's good to be liked. I mean, it does, a, it feels good to, to feel like you're, you're liked and especially by your peers. And um, it's kind of fun. I mean, I walked around register today. You see a bunch of people in the hotel this week and it doesn't get old when people tell you good job. That's for sure. Did Rory call you yet to ask if he wants to play the Zurich with you or if you want to play the no. Zurich with him? Uh, that's the one I'm holding out on. I know that he's struggling a little bit right now. Hey, Rory, I've been there, <laughs> bud. It'll turn around. I know you haven't won in a while. Uh, maybe if you want to sit down for a, a, over a beer, I can kind of talk you through it a little bit if you want. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't think Rory's going. I'm going to stick with my boy Ryan Brim, the long ball whacker guy. We uh, we stayed together last week in the same house. So we had a good good vibe there. And um we're going to, I'm going to, we're going to go after, uh, I'm going to dink and dunk it and he's going to go bomb in it. So Eric, and maybe we can catch lightning in a bottle again. If I worked for like Rory's, I'm sure expansive team of people around him that do probably a lot of stuff. And somehow he hired me to do like his social media. I immediately after you won would have taken that picture of uh gino's letter he wrote him asking him to work for him and just responded like in a quote and be like yeah yeah uh you could do it right now you just gotta you just gotta quit joel right after he won <laughs> <laughs> I, I think i think gino i think gino finally was at a spot we like you know what no <laughs> we're good we're good yeah uh it's pretty funny because gino a quick rory story when gino went to hit the caddy shot on the 17th hole uh i played the front nine that day and we just walked out for him to hit the shot and lo and behold, Rory's on the tee. And like Rory keeps kind of popping up in our life and kind of funny moments kind of like that. And so I go, Rory, I gotta, I gotta tell you, if Gino makes this, you've got to let him caddy for you. Like that's gotta be the deal. <laughs> and Harry's right there, his caddy. And I'm like, Harry, no offense, you're gonna be stuck with me this week, but I'm just trying to get Gino a little more money. He's trying to, <laughs> and it was kind of funny because he was laughing. He's like, and Tony Fien out there. He's like, yeah, Rory, you have to do that. You absolutely have to do that. And, Rory, and, and Rory's like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> in case the ball actually went in. So um, Gino flagged it a little long, but uh, yeah, it's we're still grinding on Rory. We're, we're going to get to him here uh, one of these days. But uh, for now, I think Gino's stuck with me. 
Well, Joel, I, I have nothing else. Max, if you're good, uh, we'll let you get the dinner. We appreciate you taking the time. Uh, good luck this week. I, I don't know what it's going to look like. I, I don't think there's uh, much, much expectations from anyone. Maybe go out there and just go back to back. I mean, might as well. Yeah, I mean, and playing well, uh, the, the prep is going to be a little bit shorter than normal. But uh, when you're playing well, you're playing well. Uh, I kind of feel like I'm free rolling a little bit. So uh, I get a better tee time. So I, I get to play with some cool cats now. I got Tony Finau and Cameron Champ. So they'll be hitting their two iron past my driver. But uh, <laughs> Wow. Uh, is that really your group right after the victory? Yeah, you got a little feature so, uh, group for the kid. Jeez. Yeah. So I got it. The other thing with this whole feature group is I'm going to have to watch my mouth a little bit more out there. Uh, the fines start racking up if you get on TV You got too more much. money now, though. You can just well, pay it off. Yeah, it, that's true. Actually, I, <laughs> now, as someone that's done plenty of uh, PJ Tour Live over the years, it just gives us something more to say because once you cuss, then we can say, we we really apologize for that language. We don't we don't believe in it. We don't say it ourselves. It's ridiculous. We don't um, condone that. Yeah, that's yeah. just uh, that's not a, that's not what a PJ Tour player should be doing. Uh, Joel, congrats again. Awesome, awesome to see. We were all rooting for you. Max has got one more thing. He always likes to ask this, so he asked it to me. I'm going to ask it to you because it feels good to answer it. Joel, who'd you beat uh, at the PJ Tour event in the Dominican Republic? I beat everybody. <laughs> I was. A, I'm proud of you, buddy. 131 and 0 last week. That's my record. hell yeah. Well, I'm, I'm really proud of you. I know Shane's proud of you. It's been a truly, truly cool week to watch one of the best guys, not just in golf, but on the planet, uh, get it done with another guy right by his side who we all love dearly. So we're, we're really, really happy for you. Please go get a dub uh, next week or this week so you can have a tea time uh, at Augusta. There's your, there's your next big, uh, big piece of the pie we got to get done. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you, guys. It's fun. Uh, good to know you guys uh, the last little bit, especially you, Shane, but Max. Um, thanks for the inspiration the last uh, month or two. A couple nice texts. And uh, I'm going to Vegas next week while you're in. Uh, while you're at the mat. I got to go to Vegas again because that's what you're supposed to do. So you have to. I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> And last up, one of my favorite PGA Tour victories of the last few years belonged to Nate Lashley. At the time, I talked about Nate Lashley's win uh, back on the Clubhouse Days, the Clubhouse podcast that I started uh, years ago. I was so happy to have Nate on. You know, I knew Nate a little bit at U of A. I just kind of knew his name and knew who he was. But I obviously followed, uh, you know, a, a guy that was going to Arizona and doing great things. And then to kind of follow Nate's career through, at the time I talked a lot about Nate and, and his journey as a professional golfer, because so many of the days and times we talk about the great young players and kind of the can't-miss prospects, and Nate was not that. Nate was a great collegiate player that had to go through the ranks. At the time, I talked about not just the, the Web.com victory, now a PGA Tour win for Nate Lashley, but, I mean, this is a guy that won three times on the PGA Tour Latino America Tour. He won in the Utah Open twice. He won something called the Waterloo Open twice, the Colorado Open, the Wyoming Open. You know, Nate is, is a journeyman, and, uh, and he's a great player. Player. But yes, he has that journeyman moniker, and that only gets bumped once you start to win on the PGA Tour. So uh, I loved having Nate on the podcast after his victory in 2019, and I think you'll enjoy hearing from Nate after that victory. And we welcome into the clubhouse the Rocket Mortgage Classic champion, that Nate Lashley. Nate, uh, I got to say, first things first is, uh, you know, Golf Channel and NBC always has the collegiate lettering next to the players' leaderboards. I feel like I always look up and there's two or three ASU pitchforks. I never see a U of A next to anybody's name. So thank you 
for finally allowing that to happen. I feel like it's been forever since somebody from the University of Arizona won. I, I can't even think of the last player to do it. Uh, well, I'd, I'd probably have to be Furyk. I, I guess if you went back, yeah. I mean, it's been it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah it has been a little while. Yeah, it's, just, it's great to be able to represent U of A and uh, put the Wildcats up there on the leaderboard. So I was talking to you a little bit before we got going. Uh, you win, and I mean, it's your first PJ Tour win. Obviously, you know, I mean, career highlight. I can only imagine what went down internally and emotionally Saturday night as you went in with the big lead, Sunday throughout the round, and we'll get into some of that. But the last couple of days, did you ever expect for kind of everything that comes with a win to happen, the media, the the interest, the, the, the kind of people reaching out and trying to get a little peace, including, of course, myself. Is there, Did you expect a little bit of this? Was this more or less than you maybe thought would come with something like this? Oh, yeah, it's way more. It's It's been it's been a crazy couple of days. It's just been constantly on my phone, constantly um, getting back to people. I, you know, I flew to New York the uh, day after the tournament, did, uh, did the Tuesday, sh- uh, the Today Show, yesterday morning and then flew out here did some more phone interviews got a couple interviews this morning already got to got to have the uh, pj tour media this afternoon so yeah it's been wild but it's it's great it's a great feeling you know i wouldn't trade it for anything and i'm more than happy to try to accommodate anybody that wants to wants to cover my story i think it's awesome yeah i wanted to get into the win first and foremost and you know you're a guy that that had a lot of success early in his career and uh you know people at this point have kind of heard the backstory of of collegiately you were a great player and you you know you you bounced around so many tours and and here and there you played well at the u.s open you opened with 67 it was a good week for you at pebble beach at what point this season was it recently or or was it this week or was it you know, the U.S. Open, what point did you start to feel like not just, hey, I belong out here, but, hey, I think I can compete and, and possibly win something against the, my peers? Uh, when did that kind of start to creep into your mind? Well, I think, you know, right away at the beginning of the year, I started playing really well at um, the first event in Napa. I was in the top 10 going in the final round, and we had that crazy storm. That I mean, it was blowing 40 mile an hour, and I played really well. And uh, I think I finished around 17th or something like that, and then and then followed up a couple of weeks later, playing and um, uh, Sanderson Farms played well there, and then played pretty well at RSM, and then into the new year played played really well at uh, in Palm Springs in the desert, and and uh, I think I finished 12th. So it it was kind of a build up and and getting more comfortable out here on the PGA Tour, it's, which isn't an easy thing to do. But just kind of building up to this point of getting more and more confidence and getting more comfortable out here. And then um, this week, or this last week, I suppose, it just kind of all came together last week. Just nothing could go wrong. And and when you you know you get to 25 under, obviously, uh, you're hitting it well and you're making putts. So it, it was uh, it was just a dream come true. Yeah, when you shoot 63 twice, uh, it, it's probably going to be a pretty decent week. I was, I was going to ask, I mean, you play so well to win and you kind of run away with it. Was there one thing that seemed to be working better recently for you, or is it just simply knowing now you have the game and just being more comfortable between the years? Um, yeah, I think um, being more comfortable and um, getting a little better mentally on the golf course for sure has has uh, definitely helped. I mean, it's not easy to, to go out there and think well in your first year. You know, you're constantly thinking about, you know, that top 125 and, and – 
know how much how many points you're going to get and, and and there's just a lot of things and but uh yeah getting more comfortable and then and then with my golf game I've I feel like I've kind of improved on around everything you know I've, I'm really striking my irons really well I'm driving it a little straighter uh short games got better and then and then I've just found something in my putting last week and I was really putting really well I like hitting my lines good speed and hitting solid putts what was it you found? Was there something? I mean, was it just technique, or was it just some? Was there like a coaching tip or, or something like that? Yeah, it was a little, uh, just little technique. I I felt like I was just um, moving a little bit on my putts coming out of my putts, so it was really just staying still on my putts, making sure my head stayed still and nothing was really moving except for my shoulders. And uh, it really it, it really paid off. I started putting really nicely. For people that pay attention to golf, you know, they, they look at the PGA Tour, maybe they, they watch the European Tour, uh, maybe they watch the Corn Ferry Tour, the Senior Tour, the LPGA. Give me just a rough guesstimation yourself. How many mini tours do you think, different mini tours, do you think you've played on over the years? Uh, a rough estimate, I'd say I played in different events and at least five or six different mini tours along with hundreds of other tournaments, you know, from state opens to pro-ams to... I mean, uh, all over, you know, the United States, a lot of, a lot in the Midwest, but, you know, a lot of Colorado Opens, Waterloo Opens, Nebraska Opens, you know, Gateway Tours, uh, you know, Dakota's Tours. I mean, I, I was everywhere. And you say you were everywhere. I mean, it's, you know, I think also something that's missed is the competition out there. I mean, it's crazy how low you have to go on many tours to compete, not just to win, but to compete. And, you know, you, you're talking about going through these state opens and playing on, you know, the Dakotas tour, playing Gateway, uh, you know, kind of bouncing around the country. I mean, this isn't a glamorous life, for goodness sakes. You're staying at, you know, the, a cheap motel or staying with a buddy or maybe they put you up with a host family and you're hoping to make a check. And, and was there a point in your life where you were like, you know, I, I mean, I know you, you decided to do something else for a little bit. Was there a moment in your life where you're like, I'm not going to be a professional golfer for a living? Yeah, there was definitely some some times when uh, playing really poorly that you know I felt like I was was done and you know it's it's not easy golf's not an easy sport that's for sure there's ups and downs but I just uh, stuck it out and and kept grinding and and trying to get better and it and it paid off obviously but yeah like you said mini tour golf you know it's no joke there's so many great players out there I I still remember one tournament I was in Utah Open it's three round tournament and was uh i think 2015 i was 20 or 21 under par with three holes to go and i was a shot behind the guy i had to birdie two out of my last three holes just to beat him by a shot (laughs) so in three rounds 23 under par and i mean it's just it's like you said there's just so many great golfers out there and you know for a lot of them it just takes you know that that one break to get out on the PJ tour and you never know what can happen from there. Yeah, it's it's so interesting, you know, I, I again, I, I the, the PJ tour does a great job in so many areas, but sometimes you know they kind of forget about the Nate Lashleys of the world. And and I say that because we focus so much on the super duper duper stars and we promote them and we push them out there and your story to me would lend itself to hundreds if not thousands of guys out there that are either grinding or hoping to make it or still have that twinkle in their eye about maybe if this breaks my way I've got a chance to get through and I think we forget sometimes of these stories you know of a guy that has this event that he finishes 10th and the next week he finishes fifth and then he wins and all of a sudden he believes in himself he takes that to the web now the corn fairy and 
maybe he plays well for a season there. And then, of course, boom, now he's on the PGA Tour. And a couple of years later, he's a PGA Tour winner. I just feel like these stories maybe don't get celebrated enough because it's really what pro golf is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you talk about the PGA Tour. I think they've done a great job over the last, you know, I don't know, six, seven years of, of getting these developmental tours. You know, they brought in the Latin American Tour, right. the, the China Tour, the Canadian Tour, and that gives guys the opportunity to move up to that Corn Ferry Tour without having, without Q School having to go through Q School. Because Q School, you know, I mean, I did it for years. I was, could be playing great going into Q School. You know, you make it through first stage, you, you know, you shoot 174 in second stage and all of a sudden you miss by a shot or two and you're like, wow, <laughs> I just had a great year, played great all year, and I just missed getting the final stage by a shot or two. And now you have to wait a whole another 12 months to go back to that Q school. So I think they've done a great job of getting these developmental tours and, and you know, that's that's how I was able to get to that Corn Ferry Tour and then ultimately to the PGA Tour. So I would recommend any young player or anybody looking for somewhere to play to go out and, and play those tours. Go go play that Latin American Tour. It's a, it's a great tour. It's ran great. Same with the Canadian and same with the China Tour. You know, it's, it's a way to move up. Yeah, and I mean, for you, you had a chance in your life to learn how to win. I mean, you won on different tours and you're building your way up to this moment. When you go into Sunday with this big lead at a PJ Tour event, you know, and I mean, obviously, I, I, Steve, we were doing the senior open and Steve Stricker had a similar big lead. And he said after, you know, going into Sunday, it's stressful because the only thing, the only story you can really make is the collapse. So as you go into Sunday, what was your mentality heading into the final round, knowing if I don't win this, it's almost a bigger story than if I do win it because, you know, people, of course, love to root for the hero and they love to root for kind of the collapse. Yeah, it's, uh, it's exactly that. You know, I was, you know, I was extremely nervous because with that big of a lead, you know, it, it's only happened. I don't, I don't know the exact statistics of it, but it's only happened uh, very few times where somebody's come in with a six-shot lead or more and ended up losing the tournament. So there was that <laughs> added I hope picture. you didn't know that number before. I hope nobody told you that stat before Sunday. I didn't know the stat. Do you know the stat offhand? No, no. I just, I'm just saying. I, I was, uh, I was hoping that's not something somebody came up to you and went, "Hey, by the way, this only happened twice where the guys collapsed." You're like, "Thanks a lot, yeah. man." Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. That's I didn't watch any TV. I didn't. I didn't. You know, look into anything before that final round. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't want to know. No, I wouldn't. But um, yeah, it adds that pressure, you know. But um, at the same time, that that lead is. It also gives you a cushion where if you do make a couple bogeys, you know, you you probably are most likely still going to be in the lead. And, and nobody made a run at me the last day, which which was was lucky on my part. I figured somebody would at least get to. 20 under past 20 under par and it just it just never happened yeah I mean that, that's that's the bonus of of the big lead like you said it's like it allows you even on a soft golf course even on one the guys are kind of tearing apart to uh to kind of play simple golf early I, I want to ask you know Saturday night uh what what was your Saturday night I guess regiment as you headed into the final round personally uh, as you were getting ready I know you said you didn't watch any tv but what'd you do to just kind of feel normal uh, I had a couple of buddies in town, so we just went out to dinner. We um, had a couple of beers, just uh, you know, talked. We tried to, I, you know, I told him I don't want to talk about golf. I want to, you know, <laughs> anything else. Let's talk about and let's just have a normal night, a normal dinner, and then um, you know, I went back to the hotel and I fell asleep fairly easy, you know, at first, and then I was awake at about 
two two thirty in the morning, and I was wide <laughs> wide awake. <laughs> and uh, so I was up for there for a couple hours, and then I fell back asleep until you know seven thirty or so. And then I was up and and Adam and and just tried to stay busy and and take my mind off of golf. And when it was on it, I was just trying to think of the positives and uh, get ready to go out and play. I love that you said you had a couple of beers uh, the night before. I feel like that's something that 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 will be one of the things people go see. I like this Nate Lashley guy. He had a couple of beers after. Hopefully, he had a couple of beers on Sunday night too. For goodness sakes, that was the Rory quote after the Canadian oh, Open. I love. He said. He said, "I don't." They said, "Do you want the U.S. Open to start tomorrow?" And he goes, "No, I'll probably be hung over tomorrow." That doesn't sound like fun at all. <laughs> exactly. And uh, and I wanted to get in a little to the U.S. Open. Uh, you played really well at Pebble in that opening round. Kind of got yourself a little bit into the mix. Was that? pretty helpful going into the week for you going into this past week considering you know you're playing a major championship and you're battling with some of the some of the biggest names in golf yeah definitely like you know seeing you i saw you there um well that yeah, that's a huge yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that's that's a, you, yeah you know, you know mean, that you was gonna be boosted confidence yeah <laughs> but uh you know shooting that first round four under and going a bogey free round gave me a lot of confidence you know that's a u.s open course I played great that day. You know, I, I played pretty well the second round too, but I just I missed a lot of fairways just by a yard or two. And when you do that, it's it's uh, it's tough to score. And I was basically chipping out four or five times that day and made some bogeys. But you know, playing well at the U.S. Open, yeah, it gave me a lot of confidence. It gave me the um, perspective that you know I can I I can play with these guys. And this, that was at the highest level, so it did give me a lot of confidence. And, and it was great being at Pebble. It was, unlike any place in uh, that I've ever played. So um, all around, it was just uh, an awesome week and really enjoyed it. Uh, who was the most random person that has reached out to you, uh, either called you or, or texted you, or also the, the coolest, I guess you could say, person that sent you a note that said congrats? Uh, whew, there's been a few. Um, Scott Van Pelt sent me nice. a message on Twitter. That was cool. Uh, I messaged him back and said, "When are you gonna get me on Sports Center?" And I haven't heard anything back. So <laughs> I'm gonna text him after we get off this and say, "Nate Lashley, what the hell, SVP?" Yeah, yeah. Tell him to get on that. Man. I am. Uh, I'll yell at him. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's been a few, and then getting to meet Carson Daly yesterday. He's a cool dude. He loves his golf. So I'm hoping to, um, you know, get to play golf with him sometime. But uh, you know, just just some of those guys. You know, I've 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 known. Uh, Dan Whitney, who's Larry the Cable Guy, he sent me a great message, and uh, he's uh, I could call him a good friend now. He's he's just a great guy. But you know, everybody from from you to all the media people have been they've been absolutely great to me, and I, I couldn't ask for more. So I, I asked I had Max home on he uh, kind of the week after he won the Wells Fargo, and one thing that I find very interesting for guys like you and Max who you know were playing on the PGA Tour, but now all of a sudden everything changes, is your scheduling changes. Have you had a chance to sit down? kind of crunch the schedule now that you can kind of pick and choose where you're going to play and what events you're going to maybe not play in some of the things you expected to play in and you're going to add some that, that you weren't in initially um yeah I was planning on playing this week so I just uh, I just came this week and then um I wasn't sure what I was going to do for the John Deere I uh I'm, I'm going to play John Deere and then and then take the flight over from John Deere to the British and then go from British to the FedEx Cup uh, St. Jude. So I'm going to play four in a row, which is going to be a lot. But I figure you're playing well, kind of ride it out, and then I'll, I'll take Wyndham off and then go into the FedEx Cup playoffs. And uh, hopefully, like I said, I, I, I've told other people my goal is to make that tour championship at Eastlake now. So hopefully I get to play all three of those. And then I'll, I think we have a couple of weeks off before the new season starts. And I haven't looked into the new season, but um, 
we'll uh we'll I'll just have to go from there and you know I I plan on playing quite a bit in the fall and just kind of ride this this high out and uh enjoy it. Nate, I I have to ask you uh going into this week. You know, you just won. You've got all this stuff going on. I mean, all these celebrities are reaching out to you and now you're like the famous Nate Lashley. What do you expect as you have to tee up again on Thursday to start a whole nother PJ Tour event? I mean, how do you get yourself mentally back into the state of, all right, time to grind, time to play? Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I went out and played nine holes yesterday, and it was just a really relaxing nine holes. It was different than my normal practice rounds of, of you know, really focusing in on what I'm trying to do on each hole and hitting a lot of chips, hitting a lot of putts. It was it was more of a relaxed uh, practice round. But that's that's the uh, the beauty of getting a win is now I can, you know, kind of take a step back and relax a little bit more and not be quite so hyper-focused on, on every little aspect, which will maybe maybe allow me to enjoy, you know, some of this uh, – some of these tournaments a little more whereas before I was I was you know it was pretty high pressure I was hanging around that top 125 and really just needing to get back in there but now being comfortably inside that and have some job security I can uh, I can relax a little bit do you win on Sunday you know you make the final putt you do the interviews you go do media you do all that stuff when does it sink in you're like I'm gonna I'm gonna play in the Masters next year because I feel like as a golfer that has to even no matter what you've done in your career no matter how old you are I feel like getting into that first Masters has to be – it has to be kind of a pinch-yourself type of moment. Getting to play in the Masters, you know, that's going to be great. Getting the U.S. Open at Wingfoot, I, I, you know, I, I'm not into that yet, but I'll obviously um, – like getting that top 50, that's my goal, to play in that, getting to play the players of the PGA, the British. You know, it's just the huge perks of, of getting a win is, is amazing. But I think it kind of hit me uh, the next morning. I woke up and I was like, wow, you know, this is – this is a big change, and and that was one of the things that went through my head was getting to play in the Masters because that's uh, everybody's dream of just getting to play Augusta, let alone playing the Masters. It's a uh, it's a dream come true. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you. You said you're out on the road and you're gonna play four straight weeks. Uh, I got back to Phoenix on Monday and it's like one seventeen. So I'm just gonna say, stay on the road. You don't. There's no rush back here. It is. There's absolutely no reason. Um, Ashton is going to be here. I'm going to be here. You don't, you don't need to hurry for goodness sakes. It is brutal right now. I'm going to actually go try to hit range balls today and, and I'm going to actually pull the bucket hat out. I haven't had the bucket hat out in, I don't think, in, about, in about 10 months. So it's a, uh, it's a little steamy here right now. Yeah. That was one of the other reasons I was thinking about the schedule is, you know, when you go back and it's really hot like that, you, you don't do a whole lot anyway. <laughs> so I figured I might as well stay out on the road and, yes. and, uh, get some more tournaments in. Uh, last question, and I ask this to everybody that's ever won on the PGA Tour, and you can be honest with us, so you don't have to. That's fine. Uh, how many times did you refresh your bank account app on your phone on Monday morning? Uh, the wires they don't get transferred till Wednesday, so this morning was um, okay. I was one of the first things I checked. I wanted to make sure that <laughs> PGA Tour is paying me and not trying to hold out. So <laughs> you know, the wire went through, so it was a uh, it was a relief. You know, I didn't know if I was going to have to go in and talk to somebody, but you know, it's. Uh, gives you some 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 security and uh something uh, i'll never forget that's for sure yeah it's uh it was a wild week it was crazy like i said it was it was a bummer for me i mean just in the sense of not being able to kind of get to watch you uh hole by hole and kind of root on sunday we were we were obviously covering this senior but uh, i had i had a couple of buddies including you know one of our friends that was updating me on on the lead of yours and uh 
and it, it's cool, man. It was it was cool to see at Pebble. I was pumped for you there, and uh, it's wild. You know, it's just wild when when somebody that, like I said, has kind of been grinding for so long and has been not giving up uh, pulls something like this off, and you uh, and you just sit back and and kind of enjoy uh, enjoy all the fruits of it because it's uh, it's a very very cool thing to see, and I'm pumped for you, Nate. It's uh, it's awesome. Hey, you know what you should do? Win another one. Maybe win a few more. Win ten more. You know, it's kind of fun to win, isn't it? It is. It is. It's a lot of fun, and that's 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 what I'm that's what I'm going for. I'm, <laughs> my goal is to be uh, one of those guys that's competing each week. So, you know, if I can, I feel like if I can continue to keep getting better, like I am, I can I can be one of those guys. Well, I appreciate the time, buddy. Uh, have fun this week. Have fun. Hey, have fun in Ireland. That's going to be awesome. You can have you can have Guinness as your two beers before the final round. That uh. That'll be the that'll be the added bonus. And uh, you have you played any of those? Have you ever played in Ireland? No, I haven't. I've never been over to Europe, actually. Really, first time. Do you have a passport? Yeah, I have a passport. Yep. Okay, that would have been a, that would have been the rush delivery, I guess, if you hadn't had that. That'll <laughs> uh, that'll be exciting, then, man. I mean, you know, that has to be crazy too, right? Just the, the all of a sudden, hey, I'm in the Open Championship. Here we go. I mean, that that has to be of all the things that got to hit you in the face after the win. You know, that's uh, that's one of them. I'm, I'm assuming, considering where you grow up, you've played pretty well in the wind before. So, hey, right, I mean, go over there and, and, and use the use the, the kind of the, I guess you could say, Nebraska in you to get the, get it around the golf course. That's right. Yeah, it is windy in Nebraska. So, uh, hey, I, I, I don't mind it. I, uh, if it's bad weather, I'll embrace it. If it's great weather, hey, that's, that's even though that's a positive, that's a bonus too. So, I'm just uh, happy I'm going over there and going to enjoy it. All right, that should do it for the week. Hope you enjoyed Best of Winners, Nate, Max, Joel. I hope you guys had a great 2021. Hope you had a good holiday and are prepared to have a good new year. And we'll be back in 2022. Got some exciting stuff on the horizon. Uh, If you like the podcast, will you rate it? subscribe to it tell your friends about it and if you've gotten to this point i just wanted to let you know that we are running uh by kind of years end um something on the get a grip instagram account it's at get a grip pod uh we're giving away some vokey wedges inspired by this here podcast we've got three wedges we're giving away if you go to the instagram account you'll see how to win how to be entered it's very very simple it's very very easy but check that out because these wedges are clean they're sweet they're stamped the right way and i think they'll be something you enjoy so have a great week and we'll talk to you in 2022 Get a Grip with Shane Bacon is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.